it's now or never, like in terms of the economy where we're at, where we are at as a company, this is the time to do the pivot that we need to do. Welcome to Startupville, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and today we're talking with Jared Fedorja, CEO and partner of Levis Tech. We talked with Jared about Levis's journey, how they started life as a digital agency and followed their expertise and the market to change their business. They've even started to dive into the startup world, spinning off some of their proprietary tech into products of their own, moving some of their business from a service-based model to a software as a service product-based model. We talked with Jared about the factors that led to their recent pivots and where Levis is headed into the future. Welcome to Startup Bill. Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. Jared, we've spoken many a time over, over what, the last five years about your journey and something that I'd like the listeners of Startupville to know and viewers, we're in vision as well, uh, to know is how you've dealt with starting in in uh, a space which is is website driven, the, the media side of digital driven, and you've moved towards this tech space. Firstly, what was the journey like and what was the driver behind it? Okay, so yeah, Levis is a, we're approaching our third birthday. It'll be March 16th. And as you mentioned, we started off as a digital agency. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up, but it's websites, SEO, social media, yada, yada, yada. I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with it. Um, when we started Levis, digital agency, but we had a lot of little side projects that were a lot more technical oriented. And this is kind of things that we were interested in, but, you know, we had experience in the technical, in the agency space. So we kept working there as required. And these tech projects kind of kept budding, but they're more back burner type, type things. Uh, what really gave us a kick in the butt was last year when uh, COVID hit, uh, truth be told. So, uh, at that point in time, like a lot of other companies, the sales funnel kind of started to slow down and everyone was really quiet. And uh, we were deciding what we were going to do next. Um, and we decided to take the plunge into the tech stuff. All the side projects that we had that were kind of percolating, moving slower than we liked. We thought we were just going to dive into that uh, head first. Now, given the nature of what the type of work you do in digital agency, it was advantageous to us as it's not like our revenue immediately ran dry we had a bit of a runway but as we had excess labor start to surface from a lack of client work we just dedicated that towards the tech projects and that's really who we are now so um levis tech um from levis media we focus we still do some websites here and there but a lot of our focus goes into two buckets, two pillars. So one, we do some client work and consulting work and we do client applications, depending on what the needs are. The other thing is we've got our own suite of products that we're in the process of bringing to market right now. And there is some overlap between the two of these. There's some good synergy going on, but generally uh, we've kind of pulled a plug on all the agency type work and we are just focusing on our tech endeavors. So as a part of that, and from from my understanding of it, not only did you 
make the bold move to really fly the flag to say, hey, we're, we're no longer Levis Media, we are Levis Tech. That's a sign of intent to the marketplace. But also you took the opportunity in that time to look at those off the side of the table things and and look at the opportunities and the innovation that can come from that and really spend the time investing in the firm, which during a busy time, I think we, we all know when you're busy, you're just, it's client, 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 and maybe 5% working on your own business into that new space, because otherwise you're just working on getting the same clients or, or the same style of clients in the existing funnel. It takes time to innovate and invest in in something new. So we all know that the coronavirus has been horrible. But there are companies, there are organizations who have looked at this and said, look, this is horrible. But at the same time, maybe there is a space that we can really invest in ourselves and see how we can support people on the other side of this and and and, and that evolution of who we are, that soul-searching piece. That's my observation of what you did. My question to you is, when it came to speaking to your team, to your partners, how did you address, okay, this is the time to do this, and sure, it's it's going to be a time that we invest in ourselves, we need to do this. How, how did those conversations go? So I think like everyone else, uh, when COVID hit, it was very quiet for a while, right? Like there was a couple of weeks where like the business community was just like everyone was just watching what was going on. Like no one really knew the lay of the land. Like even the, the projects we were currently working on, yes, our staff had code, right? But the clients weren't even responding about like, the, the current projects, like everything was on hold. So it gave us time to think, right? Because you kind of sit there and uh, you're digesting all everything that's going on. And as I mentioned, we had all these tech projects that were on the side and that was, it was more enticing to us, but it's like, oh, well, we, we have to keep doing this agency stuff to pay the bills, the tech stuff can sit there. But at the same time, we knew there's a window of opportunity that was going to close all these tech opportunities. So we were kind of torn. So. COVID came, gave us time to think, and we realized, look, like we, no one is going to be purchasing in a big way right now. Regardless, we are going to have these gaps, but we also have these opportunities. And it just so happens because of the industries that we were making inroads with, it was favorable to what was going on because it's resource management, inventory management, that sort of thing. Stuff that's very closely tied to supply chains which have been very strained over the course of the pandemic. So it was kind of, we were kind of strong armed into it, but it worked out in our favor. Like we, I kind of feel we evolved with the environment that we were thrown into. The conversations with uh, the partners, um, I, I think they kind of realized it themselves as well. It's like, well, the writing's on the wall. Like It's now or never. Like in terms of the economy where we're at, where we are at as a company, this is the time to do the pivot that we need to do. Uh, the staff were a little nervous at first because they were like, well, what does this mean for us and our careers and our jobs? And it's like, and I explained given a situation of 
the client work we have now, we've got a good runway. You guys don't have to worry. There's no need to panic. Uh, and at the same time, we do have legit opportunities here. And this is the kind of work that you guys want to be doing anyways, right? Like we're always talking about the more exciting tech stuff. You guys have all made a million websites before. So there has to be a little bit of risk to get the reward, but this is the path we're going to go down. And I know we're going to be able to do it, right? You guys are rock stars. Um, so let's just do it. And we did. And now it's been about a year and we're starting to see the fruits of our labor. We're pretty satisfied with where we're at and how things are going. You mentioned to me the last time we spoke, um, this really is a very, in, in some ways, a very gentle evolution of the organization because your your system that you developed your websites on, you made it flexible enough at the beginning to be able to apply it to other problems and create solutions. Tell me about um, maybe a level of foresight that you had and what you've been able to do with it. Sure. So everything that we do at Levis, not everything, but a good majority of it is based off of a proprietary tech stack that we have that's called Prism. Uh, it's a modular framework to make web applications. Uh, so that started uh, about 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, and the low hanging fruit back then was websites. So we developed a CMS for it, a content management system. So just about every website I've done in my career has been made on the CMS on Prism. Uh, so the natural evolution for that was it turned into a more generalized web framework. So for a number of years, we've been making clients applications on this web framework. So we had this underlying technology and the processes, some of them are derivative. When we were doing websites, it was a lot more of a waterfall methodology. We, you know, you find out what the client's needs are, you assess them, you make the design, the content, program it, and out it comes. Uh, that was a bit of a challenge for us, changing from this very linear way of thinking into, okay, this isn't a linear, like, we start and we're finished now. The projects aren't like that. This is something that's living and breathing, and it's continuing all the time. So we had, we had some processes that were very favorable to try and transition over. We had a lot of the technical skill sets in place. Um, so we didn't have to start from scratch, but there was some learning curve that was involved in how to do things, not necessarily get things done, but get them done more efficiently, right? Because we agile project development, we just didn't do a lot of it previous to making software. You don't need it for, uh, for websites, but with uh, SaaS products, you definitely need it because you just, it isn't feasible to come up with a hundred percent tight scope on some vast software product, bring it to market anymore. You need feedback. You need to be, see what the market needs, see what your partners need and your clients need and adapt the technology you have to specifically their use cases. Okay. So you've had this relationship with your clients through website design and and the such like and supporting them through a period of time and and I'm sure a number of them on a fairly long-term basis. In terms of listening to the marketplace, having those relationships already and maybe relationships that you'd like to build, this is a question that I'm asking from the point of view of someone who's in the startup space, maybe they're on their own or there's just a couple of them, how much listening did you do during this period, at the beginning of this period, to go, okay, well, we're wanting to pivot, but we really need to know 
what the marketplace needs and, and what our individual asks. Is it in our scope? Could we do it? You know, how do you evaluate that? How did you go about the listening phase? So one of the struggles that we always had when we wanted to get more into the tech space was our skill was in technology. We don't know the ins and outs of any particular industries other than our own and what we've learned through osmosis. So um, even though we do all this client work and we have a lot of products that we fully will ever bring into market, all those products have stemmed from relationships and partnerships with experts in those industries. And we've really been taking marching orders from all of these companies and what the expectations and the needs are for their for their industry. What problems are we trying to solve? Um, and in that regard, we like we aren't doing this alone. Like we really listen to everything they say. There's things that we are experts at when it comes to uh, UX and design and software development, of course. But we are not the experts of supply chain. So we partner with companies that are in supply. We are not experts in hospitality. So we partner with companies that are in those industries and so on and so forth. So it's really, a, you know, they say what they need and we deliver it to them and we try to provide some insight where required as well, right? But uh, if it wasn't for those, uh, for our industry partners, we wouldn't be developing the software that we are. And I know when you talk to a lot of other people and a lot of other startups, they're very specific to pick your vertical, right? It's like you, you find a very narrow niche problem that you're trying to solve. And I fully understand that and appreciate that. I think a couple of the advantages that we have is A, we've got a relatively mature, quote unquote, mature tech stack to work with. So we aren't reinventing the technical wheel every time. And when it comes to the marketing opportunities and distribution, we aren't leading the way in those sales channels either because we have people that we work with that already have vast networks. So all we really have to do is use our very malleable Prism stack and turn it into a solution that these people need for their various industries. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's incredibly interesting. A question that I would ask is, okay, so you've created these solutions, you've applied them to multiple verticals. Um, how do you then scale at a pace which is responsible to the organization so that you don't stretch yourself too thinly in, in staffing, support, etc.? But at the same time, look at that growth curve and the opportunities ahead of you with that vision to growth? Uh, there's a lot of juggling, not going to lie to you. Um, and we're kind of at the point where we can't chase every opportunity forever, right? Uh, even within the scope of our resource management software, there are new opportunities coming down the pipe. And it's like, we got we have enough irons in the fires right now. One of the things that we're struggling with is we find these opportunities and they're very lucrative and they start doing good. So we pursue it and we're like, okay, well, maybe these other ones are, yeah, we're not so interested in it. All of a sudden, these other opportunities kind of leapfrog, leapfrog what we had before. Uh, but our partners are the drivers for this, like through and through, right? Uh, they, We just keep writing code, talking to our partners, and we keep looking around for other opportunities too. But uh, it, 
I like to be in a position where I feel the pressure is on us to deliver for our partners. If we are developing solutions faster than our partners can keep up with us, that's not an ideal solution for us. We'd rather have the partners showing us a world of opportunity if we can meet the deliverables and we do meet the deliverables so the, far, the partnership keeps evolving. Uh, but really like we're learning a lot about all these industries as we go, but what we keep trying to enforce is that our partners are the experts in these industries. We are just the experts in technology. Uh, Jared, I'd love to stay talking with you for for a lot longer, but I think a follow-up episode somewhere down the road is going to be on the cards, so I'm going to look forward to that. Uh, Before you let people know about how to get in touch with you and find out more about um, Levis Tech, uh, I am going to say that, uh, and and this is just between you and me, no one else is watching this, Um, again, uh, your wife's uh, advert for sushi has appeared on my feed, and we are we're going to commit. We're we're coming in. We're interested. So um, let your wife know about that. Um, uh, Jared, how can people find out more about you and Levis Tech? Uh, check out our website, levistech.ca. Uh, if you go to levismedia.com, it still forwards there as well. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I spend far too much time in a day on LinkedIn, guilty as charged. So if you reach out to me there, I'll probably respond within 30 seconds. So check out levistech.ca, find me on LinkedIn, email us at info at We're really accessible and I'm always looking for people to chat with. So by all means. Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. The show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Find out more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StartupvillePod. Remember to subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startupville.